BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. It's Friday, November 16th, and you're listening to Inquiring Minds Up to Date. I'm Indre Viscontis. And I'm Kishore Hari. Anything catch your eye in the news this week? Yeah, so you remember that old Deepwater Horizon oil spill from, like, say, a decade ago? Oh, yeah, that was uh, that's probably still causing da- ecological damage in the Gulf. Yeah, and we don't hear a lot about it. So I wanted to do a little bit of research to see if there are any studies that have come out recently talking about the you know extended effects of the oil spill. And sure enough, uh, just this week, there was a... Uh, a paper published in Scientific Reports about stingrays, one of my favorite marine animals. How do stingrays, what do they have to do with the the spill? Well, stingrays have a very strong sense of smell. So their olfactory system is very important to them. That's not only how they get around, but it's also how they stay safe. Uh, and of course, the olfactory system is one that it can be directly affected by what's in the water. Uh, because essentially the receptors... You know, there's a mucous membrane, but other than that, there's really nothing separating the receptors from the seawater. So the oil spill, which still has left uh, a significant amount of oil uh, in the seabed, you know, can potentially have a direct effect on the olfactory system of the stingrays. So what these authors did, uh, these were this is from. a university in Florida, the Florida Atlantic University, uh, they took about they, they sort of recreated what the seabed might be like by adding uh, crude oil to, you know, their kind of uh, the bottom of their tanks. And so they had a control condition, which it was just normal. And then one with the crude oil um, and they put the stingrays in there for 48 hours. And after only 48 hours of exposure to the crude oil, they found significant effects uh, 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 significant impairments in the olfactory function of these stingrays. So just two days uh, of sort of swimming around in this in this uh, mimicked seabed uh, that had the crude oil in it really sort of damaged their sense of smell. And this this bed that they created, it's not so different than what you would experience in the Gulf in terms of obviously in terms of the crude oil concentration. But I assume they also mimicked other things in terms of like temperature and other conditions to try to mimic it as close as possible. So all this stuff about Mm -hmm. the oil dissipating, that's accounted for in this. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, people obviously go in and they measure how much oil remains uh, in the sediment. And there's something like 10 million gallons 
that is still measurable at the bottom of the Gulf. Uh, so this is not something that, you know, is, is, is just a small amount and just in a small place. Um, it affects us more than 1700 kilometers of shoreline sort of along the um, coastal, coastal regions of the Gulf of Mexico. So I mean, it's still, uh, you know, severely degraded the ecosystem there. Um, and, you know, remains the worst environmental disaster in the US. This shows like a little bit of my lack of watching nature shows these days, but I didn't even realize stingrays live in the Gulf. I, I when I when you hear the word stingray, I think like the Caribbean and, and more tropical environments. Do do we have any idea how big of a population we're talking about here? Well, I don't have the exact numbers on hand, but they are more common than you think. Today's episode is brought to you by Madison Reed. In 2013, Amy Arrett founded Madison Reed. Named after her daughter, the company is on a mission to revolutionize the way women color their hair. My wife has been using Madison Reed for a long time now. She loves it. It gets you salon quality hair color without the expense. And their easy to use system creates a no mess situation. So it's delivery right to your doorstep and cleanup is a breeze. You'll look like you just came from the salon, but the reality is you, you've had more me time to do what you love. Experience beautiful, multi-dimensional hair color made in Italy, delivered to your door, on your schedule for under $25. Join the hundreds of thousands of women who have tried and loved Madison Reed. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com. And Madison Reed would like to honor Inquiring Minds listeners with 10% off plus free shipping on their first color kit with promo code MINDS. That's code M-I-N-D-S. So what caught your eye this week? So I'm going to take us to Morocco because there's a cactus-like plant that grows there. And I'm going to talk about this cactus plant because it might be one of the deadliest, almost poisonous plants that exists and that's because it's so gosh darn spicy wow <laughs> i mean it's weird to say a cactus is spicy but you're familiar with the scoville scale of hotness sure yeah so like the hottest pepper that exists i i, I believe is a carolina reaper now this cactus clocks in at 16 billion on the Scoville scale, which is 10,000 times hotter than the Carolina Reaper. Uh, and then th that's just scales like that's millions of times hotter than the jalapeno. So this is off the scale. If you're a mammal that tries to ingest this, you're basically either going to just instantaneously vomit or just fall down in pain. Uh, and I don't encourage this, but there are videos of people ingesting an extract from this plant on YouTube and they have difficulty. I'll just leave it there. So let's just call this do not try this at home. But I'm bringing this up because Matt Simon, who is our guest recently, uh, wrote in Wired about the story of translating this incredibly hot substance, which is called resinivera toxin, into a promising therapeutic. Any guesses what it's used for? Hmm. I mean, I guess uh, my guess would not be wound care. <laughs> no. <laughs> but maybe something that, you know, gets your blood pumping. I uh, don't know. So oddly, it's actually being used as a painkiller. 
which makes no sense for something that obviously causes you a lot of pain. Well, this uh, this compound, which I'll just call RTX for short, um, is a capsaicin-like compound, but it's not exactly the same. And it specifically target, uh, targets a molecule uh, that binds in pain-sensing nerve endings called uh, TRPV1. And this uh, receptor normally responds to things like temperature, and we associate it to pain. So like when we taste something spicy in our tongue and we feel the heat, quote unquote, from it, that's this trip V1 uh, receptor essentially getting triggered. Now, this RTX analog, uh, capsaicin analog binds to that receptor and opens up this channel. It, it sort of like props it open, letting in a ton of calcium through that channel. Uh, and it lets in so much calcium that it ends up destroying the ending. Hmm. And so the idea behind this is if you get an injection at a site where you're getting a lot of pain, let's say you have knee pain, you get this specific injection uh, over a short period of time. It's probably going to be one of the most painful things you ever feel in that short period of time. But eventually that pain will go away because it will literally destroy the nerve ending there. And for people that have chronic pain in certain areas, like knee pain, like back pain, that really track to a specific area that a lot of treatments don't really support. This is a way of destroying the nerve endings there while maintaining a lot of the other sensory function because uh, this RTX uh, compound only opens calcium channels. It doesn't actually destroy the entire nerve. It just destroys the nerve ending by opening up that calcium channel. I wonder if there's like also a kind of way in which this bypasses the phantom pain sensation. So, you know, one of the problems with just like getting rid of those nerves is that you can still have the psychological sense of the pain, even when those nerves are gone. And I wonder if this like, you know, big jolt of pain just before the nerve endings die or don't function kind of gets rid of the uh, incidence or, or the potential for phantom pain. I think that's a totally open question. Um and it speaks to how we really have uh, terrible treatments for this right now, because most of the prescriptions for this chronic pain are opioids at this point. And those mm -hmm. opioids flood uh, whole parts of your nervous system and stay and they have to stay flooded in those systems to tamp down on those pains. So you get the all the other associated problems like constipation and uh, respiratory um, ailments associated with that, let alone the addictive qualities of it. So the only way that opioids deal with phantom pain is that you just keep taking the opioid. So I think that's a really open question with this. Um, obviously, uh, just to reassure listeners, they don't inject this without an anesthetic in the area. So it's not like they intentionally put the person in this extreme pain uh, before, it, uh, before it all goes away. So you are essentially knocked out in that area. Um, the nerve endings get killed and then you, you sort of uh, uh, the feelings restored in the area. Yeah. So it's still, yeah, it still is an interesting kind of um, thought experiment to think about how that might affect uh, a person's psychological experience of pain. Yeah. Would you uh, take the sure... hot, would you take an injection of the hottest pepper in the world to reveal, <laughs> to uh, um, do some pain? I might not volunteer too quickly for that particular study. Yeah. I'm not volunteering anytime soon. <laughs> Um, but, you know, it does probably limit the amount of people who would get addicted to the treatment. I don't know. I know some hot pepper addicts, so maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for Up to Date for this week. Uh, see you next week.
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.